Hey guys, welcome to the DB Podcast, Decibel Wines Podcast. Um, I haven't done intros before, but I'm going to start doing them now uh, just to talk about a few things and sort of, uh, yeah, I find it more comfortable to just get right into the conversation with the people rather than do my my little spiel. But uh, I also thought it was fitting because in the past week, there was a really great article that came out about uh, New Zealand Pinots and lo and behold... Decibel Wines. Our Martin Brown Pinot is featured there with some really great company uh, with Dry River, Escarpment, and Atarangi. A few of my favorite Pinots and really some of the reasons why I moved to Hawke's Bay and, and, uh, and New Zealand in uh, 2008. And, you know, it was probably around 06, 07 when I started discovering those wines. So to be included in that company was just a great honor and a surprise and it was really funny and and cool and I hope uh, I think you know the article just came out last week and uh, I know if people have sent me pictures of it of the hard copy I haven't seen it myself but it's pretty cool and um, yeah just uh, one and hopefully a lot of uh, steps in the right direction for decibel wines and um, and a little bit of validation for not just me, but a lot of the people I work with and people that are believing in, in what we're doing uh, and why I came all the way to the other side of the planet to, uh, to make wines. So, yeah, tonight I'm just uh, recording this and sending it off to my buddy to uh, add a, a few little bits and pieces to. So you will probably hear some music from Tommy Connors in the mix here, uh, in between segments. And, uh, I'm just sitting here in a real cold house in Hawks Bay. It's uh, middle of winter here and it's just, and it's been a cold one. So I'm sipping some warm tea, uh, by the computer, got the fire going and, um, yeah, just wanted to talk about, uh, we got an upcoming trip in September where I'm going to visit Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, Michigan for the first time, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, we're going to do an event in California, which I hope to talk about again before uh, when I have some more details, but it's going to be with uh, Chef Gary Paneer uh, in Napa. Should be fun. Hopefully some other winemakers involved. So uh, just check out decibelwines.com for all that information and the Facebook page for Decibel Wines, which you know we post up a lot. And obviously I'm on Twitter at, at @decibeldan. Uh, and I usually post updates, photos, all that kind of stuff there. Have some fun, and it's been cool to keep in touch with people. Uh, that, you know, really Facebook and Twitter sort of blew up after, right after I moved to New Zealand. So it's been a real fun vehicle to, to get the word back to the States uh, where a lot of people enjoy the wine and and where I'm from, obviously. So, um, yeah, the other thing is we're going to be launching a new website soon. I hope this will be the first episode on that website, which is dbpodcast.org. Uh, and, yeah, we'll have updates up there and some more music. And we hope to expand the podcast a little bit more in the coming year. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling, so I'm going to bring my microphone and laptop with me and um yeah it should be pretty fun to do tom's going to be working on some music to add in a little production going to make it sound a little more professional 
And yeah, it's coming along. I've, you know, believe it or not, up to 30 episodes with this now. And it's taken a while to get here, but I think the important thing is that we keep plugging away with it and we're finding our audience and we're trying to post it in different places and, and let you guys uh, see it so, and hear it. Uh, and I think it's a great episode to start with because uh, Jules's story, uh, not like on my, on not unlike mine is that you know we work for other producers and we try to produce our own wines on the side and Jules's story is really really interesting uh grew up Hawks Bay girl moved away doing vintages overseas and uh you know you see different points of the stories I've known her for a long time and I have the highest respect for her I've seen her in action she's the real deal not only is she you know a sweetheart of a person but um yeah, I've, you know, I've seen her in action in the winery and she knows her stuff. And not only that, uh, her wines, you know, <laughs> she's really doing it, man. She's gotten some 95 pointers with Robert Parker and, you know, her wines are just getting great reviews and, and well-deserved. They're just badass wines. And, um, yeah, it's just been really fun to watch her, uh, develop and, and get these wines out there and, uh, I've known her for a long time, but this interview was interesting. There was a lot I didn't know, and um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. So I think you'll enjoy the interview. And uh, once again, check out uh, dbpodcast.org. You may be listening to that on, on it already, or you might be up on iTunes. I hope to get it up uh, on YouTube a little bit more, uh, and possibly Stitcher and some other places. Also, check out decimalwines.com for uh, upcoming, I guess, tour dates is what we call it, and some new releases of wines. I hope to be getting a Viognier out there very soon. And, uh, yeah, so this is my interview with uh, Julian Brogdon, uh, winemaker for Collaboration Wines. Enjoy. That's the beep that tells us it's time to start talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, thanks for having me over your uh, your new home, right? Fairly new. Yeah, fairly new. We brought it, um, would have been October, November last year. It's a big step. Domesticating <laughs> after uh, many years of traveling around the world, right? And back and forth. But but you've been in New Zealand now for settled here for. Yeah, came back in 2008 from the States. Same year I came here. Was it? Look at that. There we go. Something in common, Dan. Well, that kind of makes sense because I've heard you talk, refer to your, your uh, time in the States. And then you just told me how old you were. And I was thinking, well, you squeezed in a lot in a short amount of time. But weren't you somebody who, did you kind of come like out of high school and go right into wine or college and right into, or uni and right into wine? Sorry, I forget. I'm in New Zealand. I got to yeah, say uni. you got to get the terminology right there. Mm, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, straight out of high school. Yeah, I was 17. And you just like, I'm just going to do wine. I love wine. No, I had no clue really. It was more of a uh, horticulture, probably interest, my interest, horticulture and science. And I thought the lab coat didn't appeal to me. Mm. So I thought, it, oh, to be honest, I came across the, um, uh, oh, it was just a, um, came across the course really. And At EIT? Yeah, 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 y
Bachelor of Wine Science and um, basically thought it sounded interesting and, yeah, thought I'd give it a yeah, go. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I that is uh, miles away from uh, what, you know, I would or probably anybody I grew up with. Mm. Not to say they wouldn't have gone into sciences, but because yeah. I have plenty of friends who have done that, but. Uh, it just seems so foreign to me to think because where I grew up is not like a wine producing area either. So it probably yeah. wasn't an option, but I think that's pretty cool. And after being to EIT and seeing some 18 year olds come in and then within like six months they are like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was pretty much the first two years. It was like, what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, I really had no clue of, I, you know, grew up in a family that was kind of an English background and, you know, culinary, sort of the food and the wine wasn't really uh, something you grew up on. Yeah, you're English. Or yeah. English. I'm not you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm with an Italian, so I know that sometimes we're like, why do they do that with the food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you boil it to buggery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> So, yeah, it's sort of stumbled across it. Oh, I think my mum, too, had sort of, over the years, she'd done a lot of pruning in vineyards. So um, she always sort of thought, I think you'd enjoy that. And yeah. Yeah, I guess that was kind of the sl- a slight push there. Somewhere. And you're Hawke's Bay, Hastings? Yep, or? Hawke's Bay, born and bred. Yeah. Yep, grew up here, yeah, studied here and, yeah. But then you went away for a while. Yeah. Like all much. Kiwis do. you gotta yeah. you got to leave and come back and, and some don't come back. And yeah. it was uh, not long after you finished there that you went over to yeah. America or to Europe? Or did yeah, pretty much. Um, finished the degree. Um, that was in early to- oh, in 2000. Started 2000. I did a couple of vintages here in Hawke's Bay, one at Vitals and where I think just about everyone's been through Vitals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to do your stint there. Yeah, and um, I did – then went on to California – what part of Napa California? Valley. Napa. Napa Valley. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty lucky. I ended up with a very cool family-owned winery, um, Havens Wine Cellars, Michael Havens and Catherine Havens. And, um, yeah, really a lot of fond memories sort of working for them. Small family producer and um, had a Kiwi winemaker as assistant. And um, Well, it's yeah. pretty – what's amazing there is you can do it there in a sense that you know, I'm assuming they sold some more expensive wines and yeah, exactly. they had a range. So it yeah. kind of the formula works for a small winery, which yeah. can be pretty tough to do if you're producing Sauvignon Blanc and anywhere in New Zealand or something. You know, you almost have to, the formula doesn't work unless you have some at least $40, $50 bottles. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's really yeah. tough otherwise, you know. Yeah, they've definitely got the um, population and really the money over there to. It's a different ball game yeah, to what yeah. it is here in New Zealand, and um, yeah, we yeah. got to export and compete, and yeah, and people don't necessarily. And why would they say, "Well, we're going to pay all this money for"? There's a small population of Kiwis that would pay a hundred dollars or fifty yeah. or even fifty dollars for a bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. So there's only there's just not that many people here. So, mm. particularly Hawke's Bay. What's our closest city? Is Wellington is a long way away. Way, yep, yeah. three hour drive. So, yeah, population's That's not all right. Quite Jetstar here. is coming to Hawkes Bay Airport, and the whole 
economy will change yeah. overnight. They're booming, yeah. <laughs> and we'll amalgamate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hastings and Napier together. That'll be good. So you're in uh, Napa. Yeah. And you live with them family too? You weren't like, they didn't put you off in a shack by yourself or something? Or <laughs> Actually, well... Yeah, I, I remember you a- telling me some story about a mouse <laughs> running across your. Uh, I lived in a trailer up in the middle of a canyon. That sounds uh, sounds beautiful. You know, uh, you know, it was beautiful. It was called Soda Canyon. Oh yeah, I know Soda Canyon. Soda Canyon, sure. yeah, right up the top there, and um, it really was a trailer. It's it a bit warm up, th- up there, doesn't it? It's well, pretty hot. Yeah. 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 The sort of heat just sits up there and mm. doesn't seem to move. And my trailer certainly didn't have very good air conditioning. So, yeah. Didn't have air conditioning. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but there was some. Uh, but it would cool down at night for you there. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Especially over winter. Not for the coyotes to come around looking for you. Or? <laughs> Not quite, actually. I had a frog, a frog that lived in the toilet. I had to throw that throw that out every time I went to the toilet. <laughs> Fortunately, I had okay. um, a window to the side, so it sort of managed to get the toilet. Um, a toilet cleaner, and you could kind of flick it out the one time. Sure, sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, what kind of wines did they make? Um, the trailer or the frog? No, what kind the... of wines did they make? Oh, at ha- Taylor, ha- Haven. Ah, Havens. Yeah, they were very well known for Merlot actually at the time, mm. um, and Syrah, definitely Merlot and Syrah. Um, and that's their last name too. That's the one thing I'm like, what a good last name to have to put on a bottle of wine you know, haven. haven yeah it's havens like, yeah. sounds nice it's, you know? yeah it worked yeah and um oh they were actually um michael havens was the first to bring albarino into the states mm. i got a buddy making some of that now yeah. in napa yeah well, i'm not sure where he gets the fruit from but oh, okay if you're out there john keys hello buddy <laughs> one day we'll do a podcast <laughs> and what um so then, did you stay, or did you came back, or you stayed oh, year round, or no? So I, um, yeah, I did the vintage there in two thousand, and then I wanted to stay, but I couldn't. I had no way. I, mm. I, the company couldn't keep me on, and I had no way of staying long term. So I came back again and did another vintage at Morton Estate in Hawkes Bay, mm-hmm. um, and that was a pretty short vintage because that year we got really badly frosted in Hawkes Bay. In fact, I think majority of most vineyards, it was, we were 70% down. So. See, was that 2001? Two th- yeah, two? it would have been 2001, One. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then um, ended up going back to the same winery again, back to Havens. They said, come on back for vintage. And they said, we'll try and keep you on a bit longer. And Cool. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love working for them. So. And when um, you lived in Napa, you were kind of... So how old were you then? Were you like 21 yet? I'd just come on 21, yeah. So you were getting, in, yeah, going out and having a good time yeah. a little bit once in a while? Yeah, starting to, yeah, yeah. starting to meet the locals. And um, it was tough though, I have to say. Um, definitely it wasn't a younger, there weren't a lot of younger ones working in the industry. Yeah, I think that's something that's evolved a bit more uh, yeah. recently. Towards the end there, yeah. it was starting to improve. But, um, but it, yeah, it was kind of a... It was pretty challenging. It's also the whole area has kind of changed. Like, even, like, downtown Napa is, like, a lot more fun mm. and the younger... Even just, lo- like, local younger people hang out in yeah. downtown Napa. And there's, like, kind of bars and you can get out and meet people where I don't think it was like that not oh. that long ago from the, my friends who were locals there told yeah. me that. And they're like, no, it's really cool now. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what it was like before. Yeah, 
But, I, I would uh, agree. Yeah, with I, so it was just kind of this touristy wine region with you know people with money and kind of expensive restaurants and stuff. Where yeah, Napa itself is pretty working class. Like you know, it's so it's good now that there's a there's a bit of a go out and have yeah. go out. Drinking with some real people, you know, yeah, not the yeah. uh, millionaires swaying from uh, vineyard to vineyard <laughs> in their limousines, you know. Yeah. And uh, to then back and forth again. Nice. No, so I did the vintage there, and then um, I decided to try and um, stay. I knew I wanted to stay for a bit longer, and um, the Havens didn't have any full time job for me, so I basically advertised myself in the local mag. That doesn't sound good, Jules. <laughs> Not quite Might not in that be the way, way you want to say it. All right, I mean, <laughs> it's classic. Um, yeah, yeah, not quite in that manner. Okay, <laughs> but um, I was just like, be clear. Hey. <laughs> just be clear about I was this. Like, Kiwi right. girl, and I've got a degree, yeah, and yeah. as you, yeah, okay. you get the point. I get worried about you, young girl, and getting taken advantage of in America. You know, it's a big world out there. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, and you got a job apparently. Yeah, I did. I got the up in Calistoga. I got the unologist position for Kloper Gas Winery, which was, yeah, that was pretty exciting to have got that. Um, An Australian winemaker, so Australian winemaker, and then, um, yeah, it was great. Really good. Um, 600-ton winery. and they had Yeah, yeah, it was nice. They had all their own vineyards up in Calistoga. The sleeping goats up there is not like one of the things up there. Some of the goats that pass out up in Calistoga, no? Yeah, I'm not quite sure on that. Okay, all right. Haven't heard that one. Somebody can write in and tell us about that. that. Yeah, okay. I'll confirm that at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, vineyards there and up um, and back in Carneros as well. So, um, it was quite good to see the sort of the fruit. what, What were you making there? Um, So, we were doing, it was all the Bordeaux varietals. And as well as Syrah, and we did quite a fair amount of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc actually. Mm. And that came from Carneros, which was sort of pays the bills. Yeah, yeah, paid the bills. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, it sounds like so far you're kind of right in line with what making Hawks Bay. I know Hawks Bay makes a lot of different things, but you're talking Bordeaux, Chardonnays, yeah, very bit much of savvy, so. you know, uh, Syrah. Uh, and you stayed there for a couple of years or a year? Or? Yeah, I was with Clover Gas for about three and a half years. Ah, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it was a good solid, yeah, a few years stunt. They um, let you stay in America, the government. Yeah. You got your visa. I, that. that was all just before 9 11 hit. Mm. I was pretty lucky. It was another lucky sort of. That you were I lucky got to the. Not yeah. be in New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. I was in the trailer, so I was safe. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you're local by then, three and a half years, you know, yep. or that's probably your you know, fourth, fifth, sixth year you're there, kind of yep. enjoying it and decide time for something new. Yeah, it was. Um, I really wanted to get, I really started to sort of try and dig down and sort of think about what I wanted to do long term and. I guess where my passion lies, and um, I think I was more sort of interested in the smaller, real premium, premium batch winemaking, and um, I wanted to see what the smaller producers were doing. Mm. So um, I tried, applied for quite a number of jobs. I have to say, I put my I put my resume out again, and um, 
And then I found a position with a family-owned winery back that was in Napa on Big Ranch Road um, mm-hmm. for Lewis, a place called Lewis Cellars. And I actually took a back step. Um, I went in as a seller hand and took a pay cut. And um, it's quite interesting because I went in for the interview and they said, to be honest... Um, they said, you haven't worked at one of the cult producers before and you don't have a background, so we usually someone like you wouldn't even have a shoe on the door. I was like, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was a bit like that, and I was oh. like, wow. That's kind of crazy. So anyway, we kind of got on, got on, did the job, and um, loved it. You had a really cool time and just really good people and learned a heck of a lot about, you know, just quality, attention to detail, winemaking. Mm. That's probably where it really started. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that's when it's like I'm doing the right thing and this is what I want to do. And you're, what, mid-20s, late-20s by then? Yeah, I was probably 26 then, 26, 27. Still a kid though, you know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I was young. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I was doing at that age. Probably managing a band running around the country, (laughs) but... (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, certainly driven and doing stuff, but yeah. probably had no clue. Um, oh, anyway, we're, uh, it's an interesting age that, you know, because you're, uh, you're still really young and everything's ahead of you, but yeah, you start yeah. sensing, like, what the hell do I really want to do? Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, do you want to, st- did I want to stay in Napa? Did I want to travel again? Did I want to come home? And yeah. well, It's tough to, I mean, I've done a couple of harvests in Napa, it's tough to, leave there's so much business there and so much yeah. great wine and it's kind of exciting year round as far as that goes like there's you see the dollars in front of you you see the great wines there's plenty yeah. of people that are passionate around there but it's, and there's so many job opportunities and um yeah it's forever changing and just really cool people and mm. everyone's so passionate about food in there and um food and wine and just enjoying life and and I think also just the restaurant. Oh my god! I, yeah, I ate my way up and down the valley. Yeah. I mean, the food is just just blows your mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Even just like getting all that great Mexican food, which oh, you probably yeah. have to. Oh, yeah. You love know. the Mexican food. Yeah. Yeah. On Can't an everyday basis, yeah. getting a nice uh, burrito or something to get you going every day. Yeah. Um, and then what happened next? Um. Well, I. Stayed into the vintage and I had a really great time and then I sort of started getting, I think, itchy feet again and decided I wanted to see something else and do a bit of travelling. So um, I ended up getting a job down in Margaret River, Western Australia, Um, just an assistant winemaker vintage vintage position at a place called um, Naturalist Vintners. And that was... Was that like a... Co-op Custom crush, yeah, 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 a lot of small producers under one roof, mm-hmm. and um, oh, it was amazing, really good experience. And the guy who was running it there used to be um, the winemaker for Francis Ford Coppola, um, mm-hmm. Bruce Dukes, and he was a real research scientist as well. And um, yeah, re- I learned so much there. Um, yeah, he had a real wealth of experience, and um, yeah, and they were making some really great labels. Cool. Yeah. What kind of, and uh, I, I don't know that much. I know Western Australia can have 
some really hot areas and some really yeah. co inland cooler areas. So you guys were doing a range of things there, or yeah, we were. But I mean, pretty much the same again. A bit of the Bordeaux, Syrah, Shiraz. Um, yeah, yeah. Lots of Shiraz. Lots of Sauvignon Blanc, and it's on the top of my tongue. Simeon. Simeon, yeah, of course. Of course. Yep. Yeah, loads yeah. of Simeon and Sauvignon Blanc. And they do like sticky Simeons and stuff yep. there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of all over because I've heard of that like in yeah. Hunter and stuff like that. But Western Australia is big on that too. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, we're actually we're talking about some Simeon again at Paratua. This is a kind of an interesting. It's little, an interesting variety. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of adds an. An interesting element. It suits Hawks Bay too. Yeah, it's something I've always thought about doing here as a Sav Seven blend. Yeah. But um, yeah. Adds a little bit of a yeah point of difference between other producers, Marlboro as well, and yeah. then within Hawks Bay because we can do it, and obviously people like Tomato have been doing it mixed oh, yeah. in there. They they they, have, they do semi on Sauvignon Gris in that Cape Crest, right? I think so. Uh, I'm actually not sure on that yeah, one. I yeah, okay. so. right. I think so. I think they've yeah. always done I know that. Alpha Domus used to do one. They we? still, yeah, they still do. And they, they, Alluvial? Uh, uh, possibly. Well, we used to have some of Paratua, but it, we uh, ripped it out. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, but now we're thinking about putting it back in. <laughs> 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 so we'll Things see. you do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I have drank okay amount. I know you know, roughly regions of Australia, but it's not something, yeah, I think when I got to New Zealand, I was so, you know, I tried to take in some Australian stuff, but I was just trying to learn so much about New Zealand wine and the regions and the yeah. nuances and all that, that I probably had more Australian wine in America than I have had here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, same like with any other imported wine into New Zealand, there's a small... Yeah, there's a small uh, portion. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, which is fine. We should support mm -hmm. locally, but it's good to taste that stuff. Which um, yeah, I think that's what I missed about Napa actually. Yeah, it's very like. Yeah. I was surprised when I got there that uh, you know how much great appreciation there was for great Italian wines and French yeah. wines. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, and Australia, and they were so interested in New Zealand and oh, what's going on. Yeah, and you know, I, I'd always it. yeah, I'd mm. always try to put on tastings and stuff for people, which. Yeah. Now we're trying to do with our little uh, group, group uh, <laughs> which has uh, been fun to do, and I think it's something that we got to keep doing, and we got to get organized with our next one. And we're talking about Portugal next, but we'll see. That could be a challenge <laughs> after a bit <laughs> of research. Well, yeah, PS is, is struggling to find, yeah, you know, find some wines for the lineup. But, uh, yeah. but no, I mean that's uh, not to skip ahead, but I think that's. Uh, one of the cool things now about there's a bit of a scene emerging. I think we're doing. I just heard today, by the way, another wine writer moving to Hawks Bay. Rebecca Gibbs moving here. Okay. So you know we have Yvonne moved back and Rebecca, and I think you know with some of the media that's come through in the last few years and uh, traveling from overseas that they see the not not even potential. They see it's happening yeah, here, yeah. and so. Uh, it's kind of up to us to take the reins and and uh, and really show what else can be done and and you know just and what we're doing already. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but so anyway, you're um, you're in Western Australia. Yeah. It's hot. It is hot. Yeah. Really hot. Yeah, yeah. There were some days that it got pretty hot. 
Yeah. Like 40. Oh, about 40. 42, 43. So that's for uh, Americans out there, that's 104. 404 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. It's actually hotter than California. Yeah, it would be. That's yeah. hotter than California. And oh. it cooled down at night as much? Um, as no, it was, no, it didn't. It stayed it just hot. It stayed hot. Yeah, so it was yeah a little bit uncomfortable, but yeah. And winemaking, uh, well, we can say this because you work for a co-op and you're not uh, <laughs> giving away anything, but uh, I've worked for, well, is there, a, let's say, is there a, formula like there's sometimes is in california with you know you're gonna have to add acid and um with you know because things just get so ripe they're not flavor ripe before they're Um, bricks ripe and things like that no it wasn't like that it was kind of it was cooler too the year i was there it was sort of a god i can't remember actually i'm sort of thinking back i think we shock us did we hit a shocking year god it's a while ago i can't i'm trying to think uh-oh. Yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> have to look at we might have to bypass chart. on that one. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it will start, start to become a blue once you do those vintages. But it was just uh, a vintage there and then onward and off back, yeah. back up north, back up northern hemisphere. Well, I got offered a job back at Lewis <laughs> hmm. as the assistant winemaker. So that was I was sort of hummed and hard because I was planning, I had the idea I was going to go straight to Europe. Yeah. And do a vintage over there and start working in Europe. And then I thought, oh, I thought, oh why not? We'll Hot give it a go. It. Just see how it yeah, pans out. And um, so, yeah, hopped on a plane. They pretty much wanted me straight back. So straight after vintage, back into it. So it was sort of the third, yeah, back to back. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit crazy what we do when yeah, you start doing those vintages and piling them up and piling them up. Yeah. Mm. It's uh. I think you got to do it to an extent, but then, like you said, you know, you don't even remember what happened in Western Australia <laughs> or what kind of... It's a bit of a blur. Because you never... Parts of it you, I do, but... Yeah, because yeah. you don't even... You never tasted those wines again. We're kind of hired yeah. mercenaries coming in and... Exactly. You know, and we're going down. I mean, I'm a sleeper. I love my sleep. So I was starting at three o'clock in the morning, which oh, that was just Why? threw me out. Three o'clock in the morning till three in the afternoon. It was the weirdest shift. Why would they do that? I and mean, I think it any... just... Uh, was that, did the picks come in first thing in the morning? Yeah, they were doing oh, okay. really early morning picks, you know, yeah. nice and cool. So and they're cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. But you could still do that without having people oh, start at three. Yeah, it was... I think it actually wrecked me a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Getting up at two to go to work. Yeah. It's yeah. so one thing getting up... Yeah, I don't know. Getting up and doing the night shift is one thing, but you can kind of get used to that after a while, you know. But yeah, it was kind of odd. That's a weird one. So how long did you stay at Lewis when you went back again? Well, <laughs> we had a, a, bit, a bit of a glitch in the. I planned. <laughs> I planned on staying. I planned on staying for quite a bit longer for a couple of years or so, but um, didn't yes, work it, out that way. It didn't quite work out that way, Dan. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to push and pry, and that's not what this is about. No. <laughs> this isn't like, let's open up everything. No, you know, don't right? worry. I, d- I didn't get fired, but let's just say three vintages back to back. and It was t- it was time for a change. Yeah. People change. That's one thing I've learned is that it's not that big of a deal. You know, everybody yeah. gets over it. Sometimes you got to change jobs. You do the best you can. Yeah. Sometimes you got to move on, you know. And yeah. 
Uh, that's what happens sometimes. Exactly. You know, things change. That's the only constant. That's right. <laughs> the old cliche. But so things changed, and you moved things on. Things changed abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I threw back vintages back to back. I just I didn't think it was possible, but it burnt me to the ground. Mm. So it was pretty much on a flight home, and I had to take a year off and. Just recuperate and yeah, re- no, refresh. I mean, yeah. Fair enough. I did the same thing four in a row and was just like, I'm not doing that. And yeah. I was older yeah. too and I had done all this other time on the road and I know what the road can do. Yeah, yeah. And I think you just keep, you keep pushing to the next one and keep going, oh, you're vintage after vintage. and you You're want. almost running on an adrenaline high because yeah. you love it and you love, love the job and you work the hours and you're... You know, you lug those hoses around and you do the hard work and that. And yeah, you see the fruit coming in yeah. and it's exciting and, you f- yeah, you can do it again, do it again, but at some point... Yeah, the body's lighting up. Also, <laughs> like, there is life to be lived. That's the other thing. And yeah. it's good to do for a little bit, but then the one thing, it's not bad to watch a wine go through its spit yeah. through the year, too, you exactly. know, and you get to taste it in barrel, you know, and... And the six months later and eight months later and th- and watch it evolve, you can learn so much more. Yeah. And yeah, instead totally. of just like, yeah, I helped make that wine and it see maybe, you later. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Send me some in a few, some bottles in a few years. <laughs> yeah. What'd you guys do to it? Because it doesn't taste anything like it did yeah. when it came in. Really? <laughs> you know? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. And what'd you do on your year off? I mean, this is where it gets interesting. Nothing or like literally, well, slept for about the first few months. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, oh, yeah, it was a pretty bad. Let's just say it was a pretty serious bad burnout. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we kind of went off the idea of winemaking for quite a period there, and I just sort of I played the guitar, got yeah, back to playing good. the guitar, so that's that was good. cool. And um, yeah, got back to basics, took up yoga. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. So that was cool, and and then I eventually, what was it, to early two thousand and eight, I um, decided, okay, I'm actually starting to feel like I could get back into it, and I. You're a, a human person again. Yes, yes, you're, I'm back you're, to normal. <laughs> you're not an alien. Yeah. Yeah, just like. Uh, yeah. What tank are we using again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I um, gave old, um, old, I shouldn't say old Kate, mm. <laughs> Kate Radburn. Um, now, I she's somebody I, I want to talk to at some yeah, point. Yeah, you need to. Because she's got some, yeah. uh, I feel like her and Helen Masters uh, down at, at Tarangi, I both talked to about sitting down and they're yeah. both like just so busy and they're like, yeah, sure. You know, like they want to do it. Oh, okay. And then it just never works out. Uh, but part of that's me. I think uh, hopefully... Uh, this is the first of uh, a lot more in a chain to come. Yeah, uh, it has to be done, Dan. Yeah, yeah. we got to tell these stories, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, somebody's out there listening, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then you went, so you went to a uh, legendary producer at the time, still, C.J. Pask. Correct. Now, now just Pask. Now just Pask, yes. Well, I actually started with them when I was a student in 97 to 99. So I was sort of working in the tasting room then, back then. Yeah. And it was the same spot it is now? Yep, same spot. Yeah. And I was doing a bit of lab work there back then and cellar work. So I went back there. Um, Kate took me on for vintage and really just finding my feet. And then, um, yeah, so I worked vintage and then I headed out to the vineyard for about a year and a half or so. 
which I really enjoyed. It was sort of just a bit more, I wouldn't say chilled out, but it's a bit more, yeah, time out and a bit more relaxing and... Yeah, it's you know what I mean? fresh air, open yeah, air. You yeah. know, it, it's definitely the pressure's on and you try to get done everything you can, but yeah. you're working with daylight, you're working with, uh, yeah. you know, the season and you're doing what you can. And yeah. I don't miss it on the last month walking around Hawks Bay and seeing ice on the vines and stuff yeah, like no. that. <laughs> I don't miss definitely it. not during the winter. It's, yeah. oh my God, it's freezing. But, um, no, there's something a bit, I think, contagious about those end of the days in the vineyard and you're walking back at the yeah. end of a row or you're driving the ute or the quad and your sun's set yeah, and you're like, and you're like, I put in a hard day's work and you yeah. just want to go home and have a beer and you're like, life is good. You know? Yeah, I did no, totally. I did something today. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of the few, yeah, one of the few jobs out there where you know, probably not, you don't get paid much to do it. You no, know you I mean? don't. No. But uh, it's definitely, you just have to, but once again, I I don't know about you, but after doing it for a while too, you almost have to snap out of it and be like, all right, well, I'm not making any money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really hard. My back's going <laughs> to fall off and if I keep doing although, this. Although I can't say going into the winery is the right. Yeah, no, not It's just back. the same either. Too. Same too. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess some, you know, I guess I look around and if you did want to move up, certainly I look around New Zealand. If you want to move up in the industry pretty quick, you get doing the vineyard side. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. there's, uh, especially if you have there's more like, job opportunities. Yeah, if you have a yeah. passion for wine, and because uh, mm. a lot of the guys in that are kind of farmers or maybe they're just beer drinkers and they're just kind of yeah. tractor drivers, stuff like that. And some of the, particularly some of the old older guys and guys in supervisor positions. And if you're somebody who's like real switched on to wine and mm-hmm. you'll find, you'll find some friends in, in the w- winery that'll love you and they'll be like, yeah, promote that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what I want. You know, yeah, exactly. he likes wine and, but, you know, so yeah, there's, I guess, more jobs and stuff. But, mm. Uh, I guess it's not our calling. I don't know. Unless you're planning yeah. on going back. You're going back. You're going to become a uh, uh, no. vineyard manager now? No, but I think, oh, I think like everyone dreams, <laughs> I, I'd be happy if I had a little bit of viticulture work to do and then pop into the winery, do a bit of work. I think that would be the dream one day. Yeah. Bit of a combo of the both. I'd quite enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go out into the vineyard now and check yeah. on the fellas and see yeah. what's happening and walk <laughs> through and... Uh, but no, I did. I did like to work, but eventually, uh, leaf plucking and stuff like that. Your yeah, back it gets just, a bit, yeah, yeah. monotonous. Um, but yeah, for for a day or two, <laughs> <laughs> for nostalgia, you know. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I'm gonna go back in the lab. Yeah, you know? <laughs> do some tests. Although I did quite like mowing the lawns, hopping on the mower and just sure, like, yeah, yeah, I do listen that. Listen to that in the um, air conditioned cab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it, it is it also <laughs> like because uh, it looks nice. You're kind of out there, you fresh air, the blue skies, the sun, all, and then you look behind you and you're like, oh, it looks pretty good. Like I did something <laughs> good today. It's like immediate <laughs> reward, you know. I mean, it's like you know, some days like you're in the winery and you clean a tank. You're like, tank looks sweet. I did something, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you, you feel like you did something. Whereas I think you could get into, I don't know. A, chief winemaker role for xyz giant winery and you'd be 
basically an yeah. accountant and doing a lot of paperwork and you're like, what did I do today to actually exactly. do anything? I couldn't do that and drive me nuts. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't envy those guys or girls that have those jobs and have to be, mm. you know, almost administrators and yeah. deal with a lot of it's crap taken, like that. Yeah, it's taken you away from your actual, yeah, winemaking. But I, yeah, mowing the lawns is sweet. I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I've been doing that since I was a kid. I'm like, I'll mow the lawn. Yeah, yeah. make like a nice pattern, <laughs> you know, on the ground. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely. So and so, we skipped over something somewhere along the way. You met a fantastic artist who has oh, their artwork yes. on your your labels, which I forgot about. No that. matter who I've seen, <laughs> who I've shown those labels to, uh, they've always liked them. Even from a distance, up close, whatever, they're like, those are those are pretty. So, yeah. Who is the uh, who and where did you meet this artist? Angela. Yeah. Well, yeah, Angela's become. I mean, she's one of many of my good friends now from Napa. So, um, yeah, I met her through. It was actually one of the barrel salesmen over there, Um, Byard Byard. Fox. I know that guy. Yeah. I met him here. Exactly. He came to my tasting at the common room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Byron's yeah, a good yeah. guy. He's got his awesome own. Awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his own label. Yeah, um, yeah. We brought us some, yeah, he brought some of those wines to And he's very him. much sort of Roussan, Viognier, yeah, uh, yeah. Syrah. And I like those yeah, wines. Yeah, yeah. Really cool guy. And um, so him and his wife, Sharon. And Sharon, um, she uh designs labels for people so um they're both very much sort of in the industry so i sort of met them at various parties and um they heard i was trying to find a place out of the trailer looking for a bit somewhere a bit more permanent <laughs> a bit more up market yeah yeah moving up in the world <laughs> and they said hey we've got um a very good friend of ours she's an artist and um she's she rents out a room and um very cool house and um they said why don't you go around and meet her and sort of went from there and I went around and, um, yeah, she was pretty crazy. When I first met her, she just talks ten times to the dozen. and Oh, but very cool house. Like you walk in and it's just sort of, it's an artist's house and there's just artwork everywhere and, oh, the kitchen was a, <laughs> I hate to say it, Angela, but we're a bomb site. She's an artist, so yeah. she's all over the show. <laughs> but um, amazing garden, like you would not believe that she just obviously spends hours in the garden and, you know, you sort of got your God, I think there's a fruit tree of every kind you can imagine and all the vegetables and yeah, it was just really cool and and she was a very good cook. Very good cook, creative cook and I loved cooking too. So, um I think we had many nights, yeah, just cooking and drinking wine and chatting about life and um yeah, and no, I mean, her, her artwork, I mean, she's an incredibly talented artist. Um, she trained over in Europe and um, sort of came back home, went back to the States, and um, her family's originally from the States. But um, like she's even done work for Donald Trump. So she rump wow. Yeah, so that's her claim to fame. But, um, yeah, no, she's... I always sort of, sort of said that um, there's a piece of artwork that sat in her um, living room. And um, it was called um, Argent, which means of the colour silver. And um, I really liked it and I always said if I had my own art or my own label one day that I'd love to be really cool to use her artwork. I mean, so, that's something that's yeah. said like, and I know it's not like the revolutionary idea, but it, those, those, her artwork works 
I wouldn't have thought it works really well yeah. on a label, you know. There's and there's something about the tones that she yeah. uses and just this feel and it's it's kind of, you know, you don't know exactly what it is. You'd have to check out the collaboration bottles for you guys out there listening to understand yeah. what I'm talking about, but they're not, you know, it's not like a picture of something. It's just it's these tones just, and yeah. images and it's just a feel to what it is. So Exactly, uh, and it's just really highly creative. And that's what I liked about it. And I think I could it sort of resonated with me. It's sort of that creative side and I suppose that creative side of winemaking too where... Well, there's something about the... Uh, and it's what it's happening right now. There's something I can't put my finger on to describe it or to... There's something of the unknown there. There's something with that artwork that in a way makes me feel like about winemaking is there's a connection there's a technical side to it there's definitely things that you have to do but there's that sort of on the bit of mystery and unknown Mm, mm. you know that goes into what makes certain wines special and exactly certain wines just formula and fine and they're they taste fine but there's and i find that with with uh the the artwork and with your wines too great wines jules you know i like every wine Mm. i've ever had from you so um Starting with your lovely Chardonnay, which uh, I've drank many <laughs> times. Um, but yeah, I think there's that. that so it's very well chosen to put on a label because, I mean, let's be honest, you could really fuck that up. Like, you could be like, you're a great artist, and then they bring you something, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to put that on a label. Yeah, exactly. You know? We've all seen the bad ones, you know. So well done. You know, good. Thanks. And it must be yeah. really cool to have sat there with a few glasses of wine and look up on the wall and go, if I'm ever going to make it yeah. wine, that's going to use that. And then you actually fucking did it, Jules. That's what's great about it. It is you actually know? pretty damn cool because you really sort of look back and go, holy shit, and look, look where I am now and started this thing and it all started, started with an idea and now it's like, wow, I'm actually, my wines are in some pretty damn top restaurants and getting good reviews and, yeah, it's just, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well done. Um, but yeah so you're uh so talk quickly uh about which wines you make and uh yep yeah what yeah yeah um so i do started with uh, my first wine was the cabernet um so that comes under the argent label which i decided well my first love or and and a variety that i've worked with a lot over the years is cabernet sauvignon Mm -hmm. and um so i decided and there's not a heck of a lot of no. 100% cabs around, so... Yeah, it was uh, a point of difference. And it's... Well, it's not easy to do around no. here, so that's... Uh, sorry, cool climate about. Cabernet, and I think it's always a... Yeah, a... Um, I'm having a little technical difficulty here. That's right. <laughs> Just don't want to run out <laughs> of power you, Dan. on us. There we go, there we go. <laughs> um, sorry, so... Uh, yeah, Cabernet. Is that something that... You knew as you had to know. All right. Well, I've got to be pretty meticulous. Yeah, exactly. Because right from the for those people that don't know out there, uh, Hawks Bay years ago had not the greatest reputation for Cabernet. Yep. <laughs> it's come right now. We've got some awesome blends out there, and there's a few people doing some 100% Cabernets. Not every year. Right. Um, but uh, there's you can do it every year. I think I've learned that since I've been here. I've had some Cabernets from. Uh, 11 and 12 that were as challenging a vintage as I can imagine yeah, for, yeah. for reds particularly 
and uh, there's some good ones out there. So yeah, there are, there are. But I think yeah, and the viticulture's come a long way, yeah, and yeah. the clones. We've people are starting to get the clones right and, and planting it in the, in the right, right place. place. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> it's always bog, a good start. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no challenge, but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give it a go. I guess if you're gonna do something bold like that, just go. Yeah. Go for and you wanted to do you wanted to do something different and you yeah. said well let's start if you're gonna, especially if you're going to start off on a small scale and say mm-hmm. let's just make a great wine and yeah so 100 percent cabernet yep. awesome yeah. and that was what was the first vintage of 2010 2010 so great great cabernet year yep to yep. start with yep it was pretty solid um, it was slightly cooler um, I do have to say um, silkier year yeah silkier yeah, yeah. I like that yeah not yeah. as intense as 09 correct or 13 obviously um, yeah. but I like the Cabernets out of 10 and the blends yeah they're quite elegant very, very elegant, elegant. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah and Chardonnay did almost right away right no so I put the cab down because I knew I was going to put that to barrel for two couple of years and then I because I wanted the two wines, the two wines to come out together. So um, I did the Chardonnay the following year, and that was a year in barrel. So they both came out together at the same time. Um, so that was 2011, and that was called Orolint, which means of the colour gold. So Argent Silver, and that's the Cabernet. And um, Angela painted um, that painting especially for the Chardonnay. Oh, really? Yeah, so... That's well done, once yeah. again. I pretty much just said paint Chardonnay. This is what it's going to taste like. And <laughs> she, I said, go for it, Angela. And um, yeah, sounds like she's the type of person to take a challenge like that. Oh yeah, know? no, definitely, yeah. No, it's just funny though. As you're saying this, I'm like uh, thinking about not necessarily my business partners, but like you know, sm- people who want to start a business, and there's, and and we're talking like, well. First wine I made, I figured I'm not going to sell for two years. <laughs> like, and you're like, what? You know, well, like yeah. you realize like the time and oh, yeah. and capital and things, that, exactly. and investment and patience more than anything that you have to be. Even just like say, hey, I've got a few extra bucks. Um, I'm going to put this, make this wine. It's not a lot. I don't have tons of money, but mm-hmm. put this away. You proud of what you do you've made the ferment you put it in the barrel it's like so long down the road before you can actually pour it well yeah in for front somebody of yeah. and 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 start seeing forget about even the you know rewards of the money coming back to sell a bottle or yeah, sell a I mean, case. that doesn't actually even come into it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <But> <laughs> until it, later down the track and yeah. then you realize <laughs> but it's it's just the idea of like that investment in time and patience yeah, definitely. and uh i think that's something that's really tough for people to get their heads around they're like what how long and i think what we do that is almost one of the things that uh, particularly with i would even say with white wines because you know there's a lot of you know like your chardonnay is Mm. gets better in bottle and everything like that and it's sort of what ties us to this uh history of of wine and winemaking and how long they've been doing it it's the idea that you know, somebody might open a bottle of your wine 50 years from now yeah. and it might be lost somewhere and it can, and they can still drink it, you know. Yeah, that's pretty, what I want. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I want that to happen. Yeah. You want it to be drank or you want it to be drinkable? <laughs> <laughs> drinkable. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> drinkable in 50 years, that'd be great. Yeah. 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 We found an old, uh, on my last trip back to the States, I found an old 
uh, I guess it was a Magnum, which I'd never seen before, a Magnum of those old Chianti bottles, you mm-hmm. know, with the wicker. Found one in my grandfather's basement. My brother has taken over the house from my grandparents who passed away, and we were yeah. like, oh, we got to... My brother's like, we drink this bottle when we all get back together. I looked at it, it was 1978, oh, wow. cheap Chianti. <laughs> He's like, what are we going to pair it with? And I was like, um, penicillin? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about this Good one, cool. Jerry, you know, but we're, I think we're going to try to open it this Christmas. And it's, you no you never know. You might you be pleasantly that, surprised. That's the thing about yeah. it, that I, I like have this glimmer of hope because it's happened before yeah. where you open up something and you're like, that's pretty good yeah like, I can't and it, believe gets, it. it makes you get excited yeah you're just like yeah that's pretty cool i just get the feeling it wasn't built to last though no <laughs> good old dago red you know probably never saw a yeah. barrel or anything like that but anyway so you uh chardonnay cabernet and you do a blend yeah well? so um for the for the years when um cabernet is a bit more challenging um that's where the impression red comes into play and um you try to score some merlot from somebody yeah no so i've got cabernet it's a cabernet merlot blend yeah. um but going forward in the next few years um it'll be cabernet merlot franc oh, that's great and that's because i've now brought out another top end wine called ceresia so angela's just done a new painting for that which is really cool too it's probably actually one of my favorites that painting so you seen that, it yet i don't think so no. purples and pinks and Oh, more cerise colours, I should say. So what um, varietal is that? is that? Merlot and Cabernet Franc. Oh, oh okay. That'll yeah. be that one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So then the impression red will give me the ability to, in the more challenging years, sort of, yeah. Take a step back into yeah. that and then have the special years yeah, for that. Yeah, the premiums, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So what are you pouring on Friday night? Probably people aren't going to listen to this. I'll say now, I'm not going to have this up by Friday night. No. So. <laughs> Because oh, it'll be the cab. <laughs> you're pouring the cab. Cab and the Ceresia. So oh, the, the new one. The new one, yeah. Oh, exciting. Cab from, yep. That'll yep. be good. Yeah. Yeah, well, it uh, should be a good time. Yeah, it should be a good night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, plugs. That means collaboration.co.nz. What's oh, your website? Yeah. Collaborationwines.co.nz. And I'm on Facebook. I dipple in the Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, not, I'm not really, a, I'm not really a Twitterer. I'm yeah, a yeah, yeah, that's all right. It's, yeah. People can reach out to you and stuff. So yeah, that's uh, so. at collab at collab wines at collab wines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Much up. Onwards and upwards. It is. I still want to so sit Dan. down with you and Rich sometime and uh, see if we can get some some old stories out of, out of you guys. But we'll, we'll wait till I do my world tour of podcasting. Oh yeah, there then. we go. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come back. I'm sorry, he's at the Spiegelau tasting now, so he can't be with yes, us. But, no. <laughs> uh, but very cool. Um, and thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, well, be good to check in again with you in a, even yeah. just a year or two's time and see. Uh, see if we're still um, out there and, yeah. No, you'll be out there. We'll I'm be out, out there. there. But it's <laughs> just going to be interesting to see how uh, this all develop. develops. Even yeah. just like what's going on in Hawks Bay right now, what we were referring mm. to either earlier with um you know this kind of emerging little scene that we're trying to we're get trying together. to get together with and yeah. uh who knows we'll oh, s- very we'll cool talking to you dan thank you cheers guys talk soon
How about that? So end of that interview there, and uh, realized uh, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't know about Jules. And uh, that break in the middle there where she kind of burned out was uh, something I can totally relate to. And I think uh, a lot of winemakers out there can, and probably a lot of people in a lot of different jobs can uh, appreciate. Uh, But it sounded like to me, uh, you know, if you take the whole thing in, that break is really what changed things for Jules and um, you know, probably a big reason why she decided to start making some of her own wines. I think she sort of mentioned that and really reevaluate things. So taking a step back is not the worst thing in the world and taking a break and walking away. And uh, yeah, pretty cool interview. Uh, very happy to talk to Jules. I want to thank her again for doing that interview and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing some events together again. We've just finished a great one on last Friday night at a place called Little Blackbird in Hastings. We're doing a lot of little local stuff here in Hawks Bay. There's a really neat emerging scene of uh, younger, youngish <laughs> winemakers, but certainly the next generation of winemakers here in Hawks Bay. Uh, there's a couple cool microbrewers. There's a buddy of ours uh, who does cider. It's actually James Ostergren who uh, is on a old podcast uh and probably good to sit down with james again and see what he's up to because he's making some good cider so maybe we'll get that one in in the future but anyway yeah jules is part of this uh we've sort of been called the new guard the uh interesting little group of ours that have been uh, meeting up and doing events and doing our own little tasting so it's been fun and uh yeah it was it was good to talk to jules and uh we'll be in touch again uh, check out decibelwines.com and, of course, dbpodcast.com for all the interviews. I'll be posting up uh, previous interviews. We're just going to clean them up a bit, maybe put a little production to them, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to put up the archive, and they're all always up there for free. Uh, anytime you want to send an email, you can always send it to decibeldispatch at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you.